Hello everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Aces Up The Sleeve. I'm Patty, co-hosting with the co-managing partner of Pocket Aces Racing or PAR. For the quick reference, Jared Shoemaker. And today we are joined by a special guest and a good friend of mine. She is a fellow photographer. It is Casey Lauder. And we are going to have our photography episode. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about how the magic happens and, uh, you know, answer some some questions. I'm sure Jared has burning somewhere in his pockets. And uh, hopefully you all also find this episode uh, pretty interesting and a, a little enlightening just to kind of see how, how you know, the Patty pictures or the Cody pictures or whoever pictures come to be. And uh, but most importantly, as a starter, Casey, how are you? How are you doing? I know the temperature is going down, so I imagine it's getting a little chilly when you go out and do pictures now. <laughs> Oh yeah. People are always asking me if I'm cold in the mornings and absolutely I am. <laughs> well, and it, it, I mean, it can get frosty some of these days too. Like I remember when I would go out and do like morning pictures at the track for, for pocket aces stuff and like you, like your nose freezes and you're like, you're all bundled up, but you have to have your fingertips free because you can't press the trigger if they're not. <laughs> so your poor fingertips are always frozen. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we, so uh, for those of us who don't know, who are maybe joining us for the first time in the podcast, we're going to shed light on all things Pocket Aces. We're going to talk about the phone points of syndicate ownership. We're going to discuss what you all have asked us to talk about. We're going to bring on guests like Casey uh, to talk about, you know, kind of a little bit, help help me at least elaborate on how things go uh, on behind the scenes. And then hopefully by the end of these episodes, you're enlightened, you're inspired, you're entertained. And, um, you know, you're just generally continuing to enjoy coming back every week and listening to us talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get rolling then, Casey, if we want to um, just start with a with an introduction for folks, um, kind of how you got into, you know, your picture journey, how you started taking pictures and kind of, you know, what you what you're doing from here. And then we can branch into some some question and answers and maybe kind of uh bounce some some different topics off of each other on on you know how our processes differ if you want to go ahead and get started yeah well uh first thanks for having me uh my name is casey um i currently am i guess considered a freelance photographer um i've worked for uh anywhere from drf and espanol to uh i currently am with blood horse uh on a freelance basis mostly just for the keeneland meets and I'm also a contracted photographer for Doug O'Neill for his Keeneland string. I go down there once a month and um, document the morning workouts. And then we uh, pull horses out and do their confirmation and headshots for his client portal. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I've done some other little small things for some smaller trainers, such as Ben DeLong at Turfway. Um, so I'm kind of in that in between when I'm trying to find some footing I started photography let's see I got my first camera junior year of high school yeah I mostly just got it because I was in the career technology center and I was taking design classes to do more like graphic design stuff and I was like photography is really awesome you know <laughs> it was it was kind of like this I could do this this is fun yeah. and uh you know, we all started out with the point and shoots or the the film cameras, the disposables. Yep. Um, I had a little point and shoot when I was in middle school, but nothing serious. Um, I started more like towards the horse racing stuff. Um, about twenty thirteen, 
Mm-hmm. I was actually working on online website called Lady in the Track. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's still around. I remember I actually, them. I was a writer and uh, like did columns and blog posts and things like that. And I was like, you know, I could take my own pictures. <laughs> it always saddens me to go back and look at some of my old pictures because I'm like, man, I could have been so much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, everybody's got everybody's to start somewhere. And I think we all at some point go back. And look at some of our old work, and we're just like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, what am I doing? That's really blue, or that's really green, or why yeah. did I edit it that way? Or what was I looking at, period? Because I don't know yeah, what the center here is. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely got more serious about it around 2015. Mostly, I was still writing in 2015 for Leading the Track, but Pharaoh really was the kind of kind of turning point where I was like I really want to be able to document this stuff in a different way mm-hmm. um and I went to Saratoga that year and I went to his breeders cup I was there for his derby that horse kind of really sparked everything art wise like photography wise I really wanted to get better mm-hmm. um to be able to document those kinds of events and it, I've really I've really grown since then um even in the last like year or so I've noticed a big difference in my in, in my compositions and my editing. So I feel like the last year or so I've kind of really taken off in my own aspect and and learned what I'm looking at and learned to experiment and what works and what doesn't. I'm, I'm my goal obviously is to keep growing mm-hmm. and definitely move move forward. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, and I I think sometimes people kind of see our our work now and they're like oh it, you know you make it look so easy i promise it wasn't <laughs> i promise it's not that easy yeah there you know we had we had I a lot of growing it. yeah I mean, it was like, we had a lot of growing pains ourselves like i i still remember when i got started and like my first camera was like a graduation a high school graduation present for my parents and i still have that camera too like we're never getting rid of it like that's that's the catalyst like that's what got me started and um like, I still look back at some of my pocket aces racing horse, you know, photos from like 2017, 2018. You know, and I'm just like, okay, so I was temporarily blind for most of these. Um, <laughs> great to know. <laughs> but it's still nice because you get to see your your progression. And Absolutely. it's, it's kind of also a realization where you're, you kind of understand that you have to be it's okay to be your your own toughest critic, but also you have to be, I think, your own kind of cheerleader and be a little kinder to yourself as well. Because, and, you know, we preach it all the time to people. It's not easy. It's not easy. But then we kind of forget to take our own advice. You know. Yeah, so. absolutely. I'm my. I'm definitely my own biggest critic, and I I will absolutely tell myself like, what the heck was I doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could have done this differently, or I'm terrible at editing, so I need to get it right in the camera and do it this way this way and this way because I can't fix it you know like I'm I'm I preach all the time like I have to get my settings perfect because I can't edit like (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a magician I don't I don't like photoshop I don't like lightroom so my biggest thing is I get it right in the camera as much as humanly possible oh yeah well, and, and, you know, I think one of the, and you'll probably agree with me, it's one of the most important things when you're, sh- when you're shooting, one of the most important things is to try and get it as correct as you absolutely can in the camera. Because like, even for someone like me, where I do, 
I'm, I, I feel like I'm somebody who's pretty well versed in Photoshop and Lightroom. I do a lot in both programs, but there's only so much that you can do. Absolutely. And, it, you know, and if, if the composition isn't there, if it is so dark, it looks like the sun died, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no <laughs> amount of Photoshop that I can do to fix it at that point. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a point of, requires a lot of flexibility in the field as well, because I feel like if you never change your settings, kind of as you go through the day and the lighting changes, you kind of get these shots where they look fine for the first three races, and then you kind of get darker and darker and darker. darker. Especially, yeah. or, or at Keeneland, where it's so bright exactly. in the first the first yeah. three races, you don't have a sky period. So Yeah, absolutely. That's Keeneland, Keeneland's my favorite track mm -hmm. because of just the layout of it, of the mm -hmm. availability of it. You've got the best horses, the best trainers, the best people. Yep. And it's I consider it my home track and it's two and a half hours from my house. You know, I it's just it's one of those tracks that it, it's very hard to shoot at Keeneland. It is very, very difficult. And yep. with it being it's basically backwards. Um you <laughs> The stand should be on the opposite side of Keeneland for lighting purposes. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't built with racing in mind. Well, yeah, and... It's very difficult to shoot. <laughs> well, I mean, can you imagine... Like, we discussed it briefly on our on our Keeneland episode on this podcast, but could you imagine if they still had that pond in the middle oh of the... I would die. <laughs> the brightness. Oh, it my would. goodness. It would reflect everywhere. So, at... So, when you so when you first get um onto the track i know a lot of people occasionally will ask me you know how do the people who are shooting from like the turf course how do they get over there onto the track in your experience since you can since you can shoot over at keeneland from the from the turf course you know was it a difficult process for you to be able to eventually get credential to go out there or is it something where you know as long as you have your own insurance they'll toss you out there and just behave yourself Credentials, you obviously have to be with with either either media outlet or somebody of of standing. I would say mm -hmm. um, my first credentialed Keeneland meet was with Lady in the Track, um, and then I moved over to DRF in Espanol. Um, that's the first publication I got photo credentials with, mm -hmm. um, and they carried insurance for a while. After a while, I did end up getting my own insurance because I was bouncing around. I wanted to just have the coverage for myself. Funny thing is, I just asked another photographer, where do you have your insurance at? And she was like, here's my agent. And I literally called them and I said, I want exactly what this person has. Just rewrite my name in. Yeah. <laughs> copy paste. Um, Thank you. <laughs> copy paste, change the name and address. What they did for me. Um, getting insurance wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not extremely expensive because this this company that I have, um, the, the gentleman specializes in it. He understands okay. what we need and don't need. So again, like I said, I asked another photographer, I was like, what do you have? And I just want to copy paste it basically. <laughs> and that's what he did. And I have to present obviously my insurance to Keeneland every year for them to approve me because, you know, it shows I have insurance. And every year I go down probably the week before the meet starts and pick up my, my credential. When the meet starts, you pop it around your neck and go to work. Away you go. You know, we talk about insurance and, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, insurance is a precaution. Well, I mean, there's been a few situations where whether it's a loose horse or somebody who has shied yeah. out 
from the inner rail where photographers almost got run ran over. <laughs> oh yeah, so, so it's, I'm yeah. very much one of those photographers that have nearly been run over. I, oh, I shot Derby. What was the year? Oh, Positive Spirit went down at the start. Uh, she bobbled and went down. Was it the one where 20, maximum security got disqualified? Twenty one, maybe. Twenty one. Because I was I was pregnant. I was six months pregnant. Oh boy. Shooting Derby. Oh boy. And a loose horse. A loose horse came out of the gate. She brought. She dropped her rider at the gate. And I'm standing there taking pictures because you know loose horse. Everyone takes pictures. Then all of a sudden she's on the outer rail, and that's where I'm at. And everyone. My friend Candace goes, Casey, get under the rail. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'm six months pregnant. I just like happen to like try and dive under the rail. Now imagine a whale doing that. <laughs> no, jeez. Well, and it, 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 joke about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it does. I mean, it, it does also emphasize that it's absolutely, it, and it it's, covers your it covers yeah. yourself. It covers the track, saying you know we we somebody's uninsured and then caused you know a horse to spook a jockey to fall off someone gets hurt your insurance is liable yeah and it well and, and that's why you know the credentialing process is is to some extent it is it is strict you know you can't just yes. show up and say hey by the way you know I, I shoot for my own company can i get in you know Absolutely. that that's a problem especially if it's you need to have it some form of of consistency where they know that you are not that you know where you need to be you know how how these things work you know the proper procedures and where you you know Absolutely. where you you know what, what you're gonna do because you definitely Absolutely. don't want to and i understand you know insurance is one of the first one of the first you know organizations that eats you alive for being a dummy so um so so you definitely don't want to play that risk and it's just you, you don't want any horses or humans getting hurt anyway and and so it, it is it is one of those things where you have to be careful with with who gets credentialed so you know folks if, if if you've ever tried to be credentialed for somewhere and you've been denied don't take it personally like a lot of us get denied but it's because there are certain procedures and certain things that have to happen and there is a limited number of space these tracks are big but that doesn't mean you we can have 200 people you know popping out of the bushes taking pictures like there has Absolutely. to be some kind of rhyme or reason to it so you said that you also do um, some pictures for the the Doug O'Neill barn for the client mm -hmm. portal. So just to kind of help, because I know you know for me there's all there's a very there's a, a pointed difference between shooting at the track and shooting these fast paced, heavy action centered shots, and then getting shots in hand where they have to stand a certain way and they have to have their their weight balanced a certain way and they have to have that distribution a certain way so do you find that some that it's easier to shoot the high-paced stuff that where stuff's always changing you need to be ready you need to have that that shutter speed ridiculously high or is it harder to shoot something where there's a very set way of what constitutes a good picture of a horse in hand I would say probably the more difficult photo to get is the horse in hand. They're racehorses. They don't want to stand still. They don't want to put their weight a certain way because it maybe doesn't always feel natural to them, but that's mm. how they need to stand for them to look a certain way because they don't need to be looking raggedy or off balance for their owners or their trainers or possibly people who are looking to buy them. Mm. You've, I mean, nine. I would say half of, half of the O'Neill string is is young racehorses either babies are just debuting or you know, it, mm. it's young horses or horses that are laid up from florida 
going to Keeneland and then we'll go to California. So I, I definitely think the horses in hand is honestly a little bit more challenging because again, everything has to be right. Yeah. You know, I don't have to worry about the horse's ears not being forward when they're running at 40 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't have to worry if, if their head is perfectly turned or if they're, yeah. The, the legs are set a certain way. I don't have to worry about that uh, yeah. when they're when they're running at 40 miles an hour trying to finish the race. Definitely confirmation shots are always a little bit more tricky. Well, and, and so much goes into a confirmation shot, too. It's, you know, we we had discussed this briefly on one of our episodes with Mark, where he talked about kind of what his ideal conditions are for for viewing these horses but also for for getting you know in, in by extension getting pictures uh of confirmation photos no no shadows no you know random shading no weirdly uneven uphill downhill uh ground to stand on and it feels you know very constricting and weirdly specific it, it's it's just it, it's intended to get that nice balance shot that when you scroll through, you know, the your your client portal, you click on your horse, even if it's just a photo for signs of life, um, you click on it and they look good and they look balanced. And, you know, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a reason to the madness, <laughs> I guess, is the is the moral of the story, if you want to call it that. Um, Absolutely. But there's a reason to the madness and it, it takes um, sometimes uh, more than one shot. It takes a, more than one try. To, to get there and to get that picture. Because um, you're right, sometimes they don't want to stand still. Like, they, they'll do great on the track, and they, they're so photogenic when they're running, you know, 35, 40, but then they go, and, well, no, they don't want to stand still. Or, no, they're not having a good day. Or maybe they just don't like you. I've had horses where I I don't know why. They just, they look great, and then they see me, and they're like, mm, never mind. My day's ruined. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's some horses, they don't want to stand still, or they hang their head low, because it's like, I don't want to be out here, can I go back to sleep? Yeah. Like, get we always tease that it's a three-person three job to get these shots, one to take the picture, one to hold the horse, and one to make some noises and jump, do jumping jacks to get their attention. Yeah, the stick horse, the person who runs with the stick horse stick behind horse the camera. The, the, the candy yeah. wrappers, or, yeah. yeah. The behind the scenes for these photos sometimes are even funnier. You just watch people running around with brooms and like oh, little yeah. things like witches hats on sticks and things and people think we're crazy, but it's like I mean it gets if it gets you ears and it works, we may as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So one of the things that I found, um we, we I've also kinda noticed that it's become more of a a discussion recently especially, where people were discussing how they view uh, like photography rights like now especially with with twitter or x whatever you want to call it kind of more or less just continuing to devolve into whatever chaos it's going to be um you know you have situations where people either sometimes willfully or unknowingly um will steal and it's it's how i mean like how do you explain to maybe your clients or to people who who contact you and ask if they can reuse pictures why we we ask the things we do and why we tell people you know please ask before you share or before it goes all over your social media it's like why do you you know do you have a certain like mindset to why because like i know why i always ask people to just at least at least let me know where it's going but i'm curious to hear what you say in terms of like you know, how you address 
different uses for your for your pictures. When I when I put things on Twitter, I know they're they're more than likely going to get reposted. Do I always like what the people make comments when they repost or quote tweet or something like that? No, but the at least like on Twitter, they, they can see the original tweet. Like, yeah. I feel like people sometimes are able to differentiate. Like this person's crazy, while this person who's crazy is just using this person's pictures. Yeah. When other people are like, well, they're sharing their photos, so they must know each other. Blah blah blah. And, yeah. Um, I know when things get put on social media, they're going to get shared. They're going to get saved. They're going to get reused. Yep. I'm, I'm well aware of it. I don't, I don't, I'm assuming you've seen my photos in the last couple of years. My watermark goes directly in the middle of the picture. Yeah. (laughs) I do not, I do not put them in the corners. I do not put them. I don't like to put them, you know, in an area where possibly somebody could just brush over it or easily remove it. Um, Yep. I, I don't do that. I put it right in the middle of the photo for that reason, because people will save or crop or something like that. And you can't crop it out if it's in the middle of the photo. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least it's difficult. I, I see I see my friends posting and I'd say 90% of my friends put their watermarks in the corners. And I will see people post, you know, their pictures where it's cropped and only their last name shows because they cropped out a certain part of the photo. And I'll be like, man, this person takes a real good photo and tag the person. (laughs) Like, I'll do that kind of thing. But when I put things on social media, I'm very well aware that they're going to get reused and shared. When I'm working with a publication, I put my name slash the publication. So it covers both like, hey, you realize that you're taking a photo that doesn't belong to you. I always put in what's called metadata. Yep. Into the photo. Uh, a lot of people don't know what that even is. And honestly, I didn't even bother with it until about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But it, it can save somebody's butt, honestly. Um, if, if someone's like, well, you didn't put a watermark on it. Well, open the open the properties of the photo. It's, it's, in, it's in the data of the photo. Yeah. People don't know a lot about that sometimes. So, and yeah. like I said, I didn't even bother with it until about a year and a half ago. But now it's like, a, I have to do it. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it, again, you know, whoever might be listening to this, don't don't take it the wrong way. It's not that we don't want you sharing our pictures. It's just a lot of times I've noticed that if you're going out of your way to crop out our names and our, our watermarks and our logos, you tend to not give credit where it's due either. <laughs> so exactly. it's just, it, it's one of those difficult things you have to balance as a photographer, understanding that people, you know, I'm very happy that people love these pictures and that they, you know, that they want to save them and that they want to to keep these memories of their favorite horses, of their favorite runners, you know, or, or, or you know, sometimes like I'll have partners come up and ask me to take pictures of them with the trainer in the winter circle. We have one one pair of, of partners that I think they have a, a winter circle picture with with Susan Anderson every time they go. Uh, somewhere, you know, Belterra, Turfway, or whatever it is. They, I think they have one in just about just about every time we're all there at the same time. Um, and I love it. I love seeing it. And I, I love, you know, seeing the people are happy with it. And um, But just a lot of times, folks, you know, when we tell you, please just ask us, that's just why. It's just so we know where it's going. And, and if, you know, things go crazy and people start asking us about it, we can say, yeah, you know, we've, we've spoken to this person. We know that it's here. That's really all it is. So Absolutely. Well, we've, we've kind of just been chatting, Jared. Are, are you okay over there? I heard you kind of, you know, bouncing around a couple of times. So. I, I'm great. 
This has been fascinating. And, I, and I'm glad you asked the pick the question about, is it harder to get one in action or a good confirmation? Because I was going to ask that question. So thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, then, I mean, and, and it is interesting because like it makes it also kind of a point to where, you know, that that's why sometimes we have to keep going back and we have to keep going back. Because I know sometimes I've had people ask me before, they're like, well, you know, why are they sending you back for the second or third time? I'm like, well, if the confirmation photo just doesn't look good, then it is what it is. We have to keep trying until we get a good one. You and, know, and Mark is very, very, very particular about the confirmation photos, as we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I've been sent back several times on a couple occasions where he's like, no, no, we're trying this again. I'm like, OK. <laughs> So, but no, I, I think it's, it's, you know, I know nothing about photography at all. I could have, they could give me with, you know, that fanciest new iPhone with all the lenses and everything. And I'd still mess it up. Kind of like when I try to draw something, I can't even draw a stick person. So, um, you know, I, I, I marvel at what, what you all do. And, 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 you know, you, you got, you kind of touched on it a little bit too. And, and I've, this is something that don't take offense by this. Cause I, again, I don't know. But, you know, I think about like the editing and, you know, I see, I, I've played around with Photoshop enough um, to know that, man, you can, you can do a whole lot of things. You can make pictures yeah, look can. a whole lot of different ways, you know, mm-hmm. and how, how much editing do you all typically, typically gets done? Or is it just each shot is going to be different and required, you know, slightly different, or do you kind of look for that same, um, you, you go to those same editing tools mm-hmm. just about every time to get, to get the look that you want, or is it, you know, talk to me a little bit about just that process and, and, you know, what you, you know, what, what, what editing a photo looks like to you? Well, I can speak, you know, uh, I'll, I'll let kind of Casey go through her spiel first, but I can speak from, from two sides. So I can speak from, from what I do for pocket aces horses and, and pictures and stuff like that. And then I also know what, um, the TDN photography requirements happen to be. And they're actually, interestingly, they're very different. But Casey, if you want to kind of do, kind of go through your process for that first, and then we can kind of touch base on how maybe it's a little different sometimes between private syndicates or private organizations where it stays within kind of the organization and things like uh, like editorials and editorial pictures and the difference between the two. Oh, yeah. Editorial pictures are, are you have to treat editorial pictures a lot differently than you would yeah. if you were doing something for personal use. Yep. Editorial stuff, you can't take things out. Um, you can't remove people from the background. You can't move the light, remove the light pole that's blocking that really pretty tree. You can't do anything other than possibly just enhance what you already have. Uh, in, increasing your brightness, darkening your shadows. I heard you can barely really even crop it too. I've heard people get yeah, in trouble. Yeah, you're not for really that. supposed to like crop, crop. So I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. I shoot a little bit tighter. Um, it sometimes backfires on me and I cut off the horse's nose or ears or something like that but <laughs> 90% of the time I'll still get what I want or need um when I'm shooting I, again like I said earlier I try to get things really right in the camera again because one editing is tedious especially yeah. when you have <laughs> 10 races a day you have an average of five standard shots maybe yeah. five to ten standard shots times that by 10 you're editing all night um yeah. So I've kind of nailed my editing down to my process. Um, Mm -hmm. So I go to one tab, I do what I need in that tab. And then I go to the next set of editing tools, the, the brightness, the, the exposure, the contrast, the shadows, the whites, all those things. And I kind of know where they need to be just about on everything. Because again, 
I get I try to do my my best to keep it all good in the camera so I don't have to do a lot so I I have my routine of what tab I start on and what tab I end on and where I go in between Mm. my pictures don't don't vary that much either like there's in situations where say like I'm doing like marketing materials for for pocket aces or or for you know one of the one of the other groups that that I I uh do do material work for a lot of times I will flat start with just the raw picture um the untouched raw picture where it looks how it how it does when it went into the camera Mm-hmm. And then from there, that's when you play in, in Photoshop and that's when you can cut out backgrounds and that's when you can chop things out for, you know, for that, that pole that's blocking the pretty tree or you can chop heads out for people who are where they don't need to be every single time, you know, and you can do that. And, and it's not a big deal, you know, if it's marketing, because I, I think to some extent people understand that marketing materials are going to be altered to represent the best side of whatever the subject is. Where um it kind of goes the same way with with the pocket aces um like the internal kind of among the partner photos, where if you know if I have a really really good photo and I really like you know the the composition and the horse looks great and they look happy and everything just and like I you know people people know me well enough to know I specialize <laughs> kind of in sunrise and sunsets. Like, that's what I do. Like, sunrise and sunsets at the track. I guarantee you I've got more of those floating around than I have pictures of myself in the last, like, 20 years. I get several every time you go to the track. Yeah, there you go. And, um, and, and you know, I I love those because that is intended to tell a story. And, you know, you want partners to to see and, and enjoy it. Because sometimes, you know... It is sometimes that the, the partners who maybe can't make it out there do some, you know, do live vicariously through you to some extent and through the pictures. And so I want them to have that moment where they look at it and they can see the sunset that I saw or see the sunrise that I saw. And, you know, so I am less hesitant to to do a little bit of, of editing in Lightroom and, and playing a little bit. Um, that, that being said, if, if it, again, if it requires massive, massive changes, then it's a tosser photo because, you know, at that point it's just a bad picture and you're trying to, you know, slap lipstick on a pig (laughs) for lack of a better term. You guys are both much younger than I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now everything is digital, but you, you mentioned the Lightroom earlier. I mean, did, did you all, either one of you all ever do like your own developing and, you know, taking film pictures or has it always been digital for you? I have background with, with both. Like Lightroom in this case is, um, is actually is a, essentially a digital version of, of a physical Lightroom. Um, but I do have some experience with, with developing kind of my own pictures. Cause I do have as an interesting background, one of my parents first, um, cameras when they still lived in, in Greece was, it wasn't quite electronic, but it, it was like a film camera. And, um, and I think they still have it floating. They have one of them floating around somewhere. Um, but I actually, after I got my first camera, I, I was actually very interested in how film photography worked. I still like them. I still very much like it. I like the, um, the kind of like the noir feeling for for film cameras. I don't know if, if you've ever worked with them, Casey. Um, 
But I love how like the, the noir kind of like the LA noir feeling to film and like to kind of developing them on your own. Like that's, that's, that's a pretty cool thing for me. Like I don't have extensive, I, you know, I predominantly shoot in, in the digital formats, but, um, uh, but film is definitely something where if I have the time and, and, you know, I have days to burn, I'll, I'll do it. I'll absolutely give it, you know, a round. I haven't done it in a hot minute, so I might, <laughs> I might mess up several times now. I need to do a refresher, but, uh, um, but I've done them. Fortunately, have never developed my own film. Now I've used film, but mm. I've never developed my own film. Um, just never, never had the opportunity. Yeah. So now, how? how so if if for for the people that used to take photography, you know, used to do a lot of photography on film. How did how did were they able to edit that, or you just got what you got when it came out of the out of the lab? Uh, when did, I, would I send off film, when I would when I would send off film, I'm. I kind of understand how the process works. Like you can use different chemicals to get different results and things like that. Mm. Um, but I think kind of what I had was it, it was kind of a get what you get. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, okay. and, and you know, and to that extent, like film cameras are actually, I feel like would be very conducive to your style because in that situation, you need to have everything set pretty close to how you're going to want it in the, in the final product. So I feel like you would be really, really good at film, Casey. Yeah, I've never, I've never really had the opportunity to do so. I know my dad, when I was a kid, he was the one that always took the pictures of me on. He had one of those Canon AE-1. Oh, yeah. Was, one of the older, you yeah, know, yeah. 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. He, he's got it somewhere. I, I, when I lived on my own, um, I collected old cameras. I have a bunch of old, you know, Polaroid field cameras and, I've got a brownie and Hawkeye and just, I don't know if they're functional, but they were cool to look at. <laughs> I had like a whole yeah. display in my living room. So Casey, this question is for you. Okay. So periodically Patty will send me like a screenshot of this really fancy camera and say, Hey, I can rent <laughs> this for a really good deal for the upcoming Keeneland meet. Can I do it? <laughs> and my thinking is Jesus, I've seen her camera. It's incredible. Why the hell does she need this thing? <laughs> Is there really that big of a difference, Casey? He wants you to justify denying my request. Is what's happening no, here? No, no, I'm not. I, I, I just want to know: is, is it really that big of a difference? Because I see what you take with your regular camera; they're incredible, and I just don't understand why. I, I don't understand. Maybe they're that much better. Maybe I just don't have the eye for it. I don't know. But so I'm just asking, Casey. What's that? Can I ask what camera she's asking for? <laughs> sure. I don't know what they are. So what are you asking for? It, um, so I currently shoot in the the restricted frame, and the one okay. I do is the um I think it's I think it's the 850 full frame. On, okay, you have a, okay. You yeah. shoot Nikon, right? I shoot Nikons, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in a sense, Jared, yes, it it can be justified to <laughs> let her do it. And it, peop, I'm one of those people, it's like, I have outgrown my camera. My skills have outgrown my camera. Um, my skills have outgrown my ability the camera gives me. Um, because when we have crop sensor or restricted frame cameras, you can't shoot in the lower light. You get you get more grain. You get more noise in in your photos um, because the camera struggles. Um, it, 
people tell me all the time it's not the camera it's the person behind it and in a sense yes you're right when people say that it is the it is the person creating the photo but the gear can really give you that that edge up um it, i mean a crop sensor versus a full frame you get you get you're speaking a foreign language <laughs> continue please continue it's fascinating crop sensor cameras um they don't have how do i want to say it um they don't have the ability to bring in as much light and you have a more restricted view okay um a full frame camera you can use in lower light you can use it in it it shoots faster um 90% of the time <clears throat> excuse me so it kind of just depends on the camera that you have versus the camera you want to upgrade to the lenses are a big part of it mm -hmm. um a lot of people tell me don't upgrade your body upgrade your lenses but in a sense it's a justifiable cost if if it's something that's going to to up everybody else around around the person using it so okay All right. <laughs> I, I absolutely am in the market for upgrading my camera within the next year yeah okay so now you patty already uh, so the last question that i was going to ask was nikon or canon and so Patty's already I, said, yeah. uh, well <laughs> patty shoots nikon i left nikon to go to canon mm -hmm. um <laughs> So I'm going to say Canon. We mourn your departure. <laughs> I, I do not mourn my departure. Um, I think Canon, I think Canon's much easier to use. Uh, I think it's yeah. more user friendly. People, people do not agree with me, but I have had both. And I can, I think my Canon is much easier to, to navigate. I have actually Charlotte has, um, she's, she's, she's a very good amateur photographer. She's, you know, she's just kind of self-taught. And she had a Nikon at work that she loved. And I bought her a Canon for Christmas, not knowing that there was anything, you know, that big of a difference. And I think she's really wanted the Nikon and I kind of screwed up a couple of years ago, but anyway, um, so I was okay, we can fix it. <laughs> no, no, we've got, a, we've got a fancy enough camera as it is. We don't need to spend any more uh, until she gets much more serious about taking her pictures. So, all right. Well, very cool. I mean, I, you know, I, I, so I, this is something that um, you know, I know nothing about. I have no skills in it. And Casey, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on and, and sharing with us. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you guys talk about, um, you know, just all of it. Because again, like I said, I, I just don't know anything about it. I just, I, I go to sporting events and I see people with those big heavy bags and cameras. And, <laughs> and, and the next day I see their pictures all over. Uh, the internet. And I think this is great. I, I wish I knew how to do it. So, uh, you know, appreciate the, appreciate the, all the work that Patty's done for us over the years. She's gotten us some just amazing shots. And Casey, you've, you've helped us out uh, several times over the years as well. And we certainly appreciate that. And hopefully uh, you know, we'll definitely find some places to use you going forward in the future. And, uh, you know, Patty, you kind of had the reins today. So uh, if you'd like, I'll, I'll take us out. How about that? Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, I want to thank everybody for once again tuning in to this uh, uh, candid photography conversation. Uh, we sincerely appreciate you joining us uh, each and every week. Please do not forget to uh, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review. All that stuff helps. Uh, at least, you know, if the reviews are positive, they help. So if you don't <laughs> like us, please just keep it to yourself. You're um, hmm. um, 
you know, so, so you know, subscribe, do all those things and keep on following us and help us get more followers. And as Patty always likes to say, happy Wednesday, make good choices. And the podcast is out. <laughs>